Hey, everybody, it's Dave Burns, and that was about as painful as it gets for the Arizona Cardinals yesterday. What went wrong from the perspective of Jonathan Gannon? The coach will join us today exclusively at 3 o'clock. It's Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, well, since Wolf just ripped our next guest about five minutes ago, we decided to have him on right now. Joining us on the Arizona Sports Line following yesterday's gut-wrenching glass-half-full or glass-half-empty loss to the uh, Giants is Cardinal sideline reporter Paul Calvisi. Paulie, what's going on? Nobody really expected Wolf to be at work today, to be honest with you, considering it's National Cheeseburger Day, which we all thought was written into Wolf's latest contract, along with a five-week summer sabbatical. Uh, I thought he was supposed to get off National Cheeseburger Day. It's a big day in the Wolfley compound. (laughs) Holly, how was that salad you had this morning? Oh, boy. Don't tell me about salad. When there's Wolf eating his little eggs, he's got his salmon and his rice tail off. And Dave Pash in the pregame meal is literally breaking plastic forks on this big hunk of red meat. So the role reversal continues in the Cardinals radio booth. I don't know what's going on, but it's disturbing. You know, I told David to pick the steak up and just rip it with his bare teeth and don't wipe his mouth. Like he didn't an animal. want to do that, Bolly. <laughs> Well, you know, that's what the Cardinals did in the first half, uh, but they needed they needed some more red meat in the second half, apparently. Well, oh yeah, goodness. this is where we are. You lose a game like that, and all of a sudden the broadcasters all turn on each other. Uh, Polly, I'm just going to start here. Very big picture with that game because it was two very different games almost for both teams. When you walk away from that game, what is your first takeaway? Because there's a lot of different directions you could go. you got to finish. Look, they're... Almost every game comes down to a single score in the NFL. And just because it's close on the scoreboard doesn't mean you're close to being a winning team. Mm-hmm. You know, we can all cite the Vikings last year, 11-0 and in one-score games. The Giants were 8-4 in one-score games. They won a playoff game. You know who else played a lot of one-score games? The Houston Texans. They played nine or ten of them, and they lost every one except one. So you got to learn to finish. And... There the Giants were, and I firmly believe, guys, that at 28-7, well, first at halftime, and then when it was 28-7, the Giants said to themselves, oh, my goodness, we're about to be 0-2, and we've got a Thursday night road game at the 49ers. 0-3, we're done. And so it's sort of like in college, you get near the end of the semester, you're like, wait a minute, I'm going to fail this class, and I'm going to have to take it in summer school? (laughs) Nope, here we go, and the intensity kicks in. And then you combine it with the fact that the D-line was so depleted, you went in without Lecky and L.J. Collier, and then you lost Carlos Watkins. And by the fourth quarter, you had Jonathan Ledbetter, right? And, 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 and he was playing so many snaps along with Kevin Strong. You didn't have that rotation you had in week one. You're relying on practice squad guy Eric Banks and six-round rookie Dante Stills to come in making his NFL debut. So I think that was a factor. Daniel Jones obviously had way too much time to operate. And then there were some schematic things. I thought the Giants targeted Marco Wilson much more in the second half, had success there. And that fourth quarter, you know, the last five carries for James Conner, he netted three yards. Mm-hmm. And, and look, well, if you look at the film, all right, and so I'll leave the X's and O's to you, but from the sideline, and what I could tell, Wink Martindale went from a lot of two high safeties to a single high safety and started loading the box. And yes. then the Cardinals the Cardinals did not adjust accordingly, and, and they stymied the Cardinals' run game. 
And those last two possessions by the Cardinals, not counting the very last one at the very end of the game, it went 80 seconds and just under two minutes. And so those three and outs were costly, obviously. Yeah, not only that too, Paulie, I thought the execution was bad. The execution was not nearly what it was in that first half. That's one of the big reasons why they had a hard time when Wink Martindale did bring that safety down. And that's something that you cannot dismiss out of hand either. you got to look at that. J.G. said that he got outcoached. How do you think he got outcoached? How do you think he thinks he got outcoached? Yeah, it's, that's a good question. We tried to drill into that a little bit in the post game, and you know, he he didn't go into specifics. So, you know, in terms of in terms of that pass rush not getting after Daniel Jones, does he wish he would have blitzed a little more? Is that where you really missed a Buddha Baker as that guy who could be a trail blitzer or the safety blitz off the edge, or even being a spy in Daniel Jones? Does he wish he would have put a little more attention on Daniel Jones as a runner? Man. Because uh, that was really effective. There were a couple of times Zayvon Collins was tracking him from behind, and I thought he was going to run him down, and then Daniel Jones hit another gear. I- I'm always impressed about how he moves. I don't know if he ran the 40 at the combine, but, man, he-, he has enough speed to make a lot of defenders look stupid in space. So was there some of that? Um, and then in terms of getting Marco Wilson some help, I, you know, they obviously went after him at times, so I think those were all considerations. As for the Cardinals on offense, um, you know, they had a lot of success to Zach Ertz early and, and, and Trey McBride, and, you know, just Josh Dobbs in the run game. You know, that two-point conversion, quarterback power, how about a little more of that when the game's hanging in the balance? And, you know, use James Conner as the decoy and keep it in the hands of Josh Dobbs. I think maybe there's – There's some possibilities there. But, you know, third and long has been an issue for the Cardinals. In the last two games, they're one for 11 on third and 10 plus. And so, look, there were two things you knew going against Wink Martindale. I talked to a lot of guys in that locker room who had gone against that defense and that scheme a lot. And number one was you're never going to predict who's coming and who's dropping. So you got to stick to your rules because if you guess, you're ultimately going to be wrong. Number two, you got to stay out of third and long. And especially in that second half, they got into too many third and longs. And they pay for it. Yeah. Uh, we're talking to Paul Calvisi, Paulie. Uh, to me, the, the the game against the Commanders, you could view that as a moral victory. Yesterday, it's really hard for me to view that as a moral victory because you were up 21 at home in the third quarter. But that said, there were some positives in that first half of that game. Did you see anything in the first half that you think they can build on going forward against Dallas, San Francisco, and the rest of the season? Definitely the defense. I mean, if you believe Jalen Thompson and Kaiser White after the game and even Kayvon Wallace, and they all said, we took our foot off the gas. So, okay, if the lesson learned is a 20 to nothing halftime lead is not safe. And in Cardinals history, you know what I thought of? I, I thought of 2006 in the Monday night meltdown game. Now, totally different circumstances, you know, with everything that happened in the second half, including the Cardinals radio analyst jinxing Edger and James on that fumble. He's okay. not a fumbler. He's it's, not it's totally So, so in turn, to answer your question, Luke, you know, what you did on defense in the first half, obviously, you know, that can carry week to week. And come on, Dak Prescott, and, you know, he didn't have a, a lights-out game week one against that Giants defense. And so I, I look at the Dallas Cowboys coming up, and obviously his defense is elite, but the offense is anything but. So I expect the Cardinals' defense to keep the Cardinals in the game, and maybe that is the lesson learned. And then, you know, you got to wonder, obviously, just about where you are in that defensive line room. 
Uh, what is, you know, if, if now Carlos Watkins is out with a biceps injury, what does that mean? Is he going to be back anytime soon? LJ Collier, now on injured reserve. And then Buda Baker. I mean, how long are you going to go with Buda Baker? Because, you know, we didn't talk about it a lot after the game, and I probably should ask the head coach about it, but they definitely missed. When the game's hanging in the balance, you needed your all-pro safety and your playmaker. That's a guy who could have made the difference down the stretch. That's the great thing about Evan Edger and James, too. The guy's not a fumbler, David. They're out of the eye with James, and he gets it off the right side, but then he gets stuck right in the legs at the 41-yard line, and the ball's loose. It's fumbled and picked up by the Bears. Tillman at the 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Chicago. Did I just say that? Oh, my goodness. Okay. What are the odds? All right, we all understand that. <laughs> Polly, I want to get back to you saying, who who said they took their foot off the gas, and how do you think they meant that, physically or schematically? No, I took it as intensity. And it was it was Jalen Thompson, it was Kaiser White, Kayvon Wallace. Leaders. So, I mean, a number of guys on defense. So, Look, uh, you can only take them at the word. Uh, and once again, that's one of the questions we asked JG after the game. Is there a lesson learned, especially for the young guys? And, and you know, he, he said no, but I think it's a reminder. You know, no lead is safe, especially yeah. when you have a team in desperation mode like the Giants were. Obviously, once again, they got to play Thursday night at the Niners. If they didn't win yesterday, they're squarely looking 0 3 straight in the face. Paulie, we appreciate you uh, joining us. You guys were very civil to each other Thank today you, Paulie. <laughs> after the first three minutes. Thanks, yeah. Paulie. De- Dennis Green made a lot of money off those beer commercials. Really, it was Wolf's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Till the very end. Paulie, thank you, brother. Thanks, Paulie.